Has any of you ever been on an epic journey? You ever been on an epic journey? Hmm? Life is an epic journey, that's true. You guys are always on epic journeys. You finish one and then you start another. Kenya! Oh, that's pretty cool. Safari? Ooh, nice, 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 nice. I was in town the other day, and uh, I met this guy that was walking from John O'Groats to Land's End. Pretty epic. Pretty silly, if you ask me. Take the train. Let the train take the strain. But he was walking down there. And we got chatting, and he said to me, he goes, you know, and I, I asked him, I said, like, what's, what's some of the interesting things that you, happened on your journey? And he said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, when I came into Harrow the other day, he said, I saw a police officer arresting two kids in the town center. And I said, why? And he said, one was drinking battery acid, and the other one was eating fireworks. I said, what happened to the kids? He said they charged one and they, they let the other one off. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. It's just... For those that don't understand my sense of humor, it's not a true story, right? Okay, nobody was drinking battery acid. Uh, anyway. But we all, you know, we've been on this journey. And I, and I think it's, in some ways it's been quite an epic journey. You know, when I, when I plan sermon series, I usually plan it out. I know exactly what's going to happen week by week, and I plan it all out before I start. I know how long it's going to be. I know when it's going to finish. And I try to plan this, this uh, series about listening to the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. And God said to me, don't plan it. Let me lead it. And that's really disconcerting. Because I didn't really know what was happening next week or the week after or the week after that. And I was going like, this is not the way I operate here, God. But he said, just trust me and I'll lead it. And I feel like we've come really to the end of the moment of this journey. Not because we know everything there is to know about listening to the voice of God. But because God has said, like, we need to move on to other things now. But it's been a quite an epic spiritual journey at least it has for me I don't know if it has for you and we started all those months ago in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and I want to finish off there again today but before we do that we remember that God speaks to us in so many different ways our God God is is a God that loves to speak he's a chatterbox he doesn't stop speaking to his people he loves to have communication with you and with me. And we said he communicates in so many different ways. Do you remember some of them? What are they? Through the Bible, the Word of God, that's one of the key ways God speaks to us. What else? Dreams, other people, through our minds, our thinking, our thoughts, conscience. What else? Through creation. Through touch, sometimes through the miraculous, like the burning bush. And he, he comes into our lives and into history. So many different ways that he speaks. And sometimes, as we read here in the, in the book of Samuel, he comes with an audible voice. And we hear him speaking to us. Clearly, it's not our voice. 
but he speaks. And it's important, and in the New Testament, Jesus said in John 10, didn't he? He says, I, I call my own sheep out by name and they follow me because they recognize my voice. We need to be people that hear the voice of God speaking to us. If you haven't heard the voice of God, something's wrong. There's no other way of saying it. Because God and the, the Bible says that we should be hearing His voice over and over and over again. Let's, let's remind ourselves of this story from 1 Samuel. This is young boy Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Do you remember like Hannah prayed for a son? And, and finally God gives him a son and she said, like, let me look after him for a couple of years and then I'm going to give him to the temple. Give him to God. Give him to the tabernacle. Because it's an answer to prayer. And, and he gives, she gives Samuel under Eli. Eli was the high priest in the tabernacle. The top guy. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. That's pretty sad, right? In other words, God, God wasn't speaking very much for some reason because the people were not listening. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. 
Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. Thanks be to God for this reading from his word. So let's remind ourselves today, how, how do we hear the voice of God? The first thing we need to do, the first thing that Samuel did, was you have to position yourself close to God. Samuel lived where God spoke. Samuel lived in the very place where God spoke. God spoke to his people where? In the Ark of the Covenant, between the Ark, right? In the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. And that's exactly where Samuel spent his whole life. If there was one place on earth where you knew God was going to speak, Samuel was there. And we need to be in those places where God is speaking. There are places where God is active, God is alive, God is speaking to his people and people are responding and listening and saying, this is what God is saying to us. If you want to hear the voice of God, make sure you go to those places, that you hang around in those places. You want to hear the voice of God and you're not hearing him right now, make sure you're in those places where God is speaking. Because when he speaks, you'll, you'll be in a place where he's speaking to others maybe, but you'll get to overhear what he's saying. You get to be in the atmosphere where God is speaking, where God is doing his things. And that's where you find Samuel, right at the start. He's in that place. Even though Eli, it says his eyes could barely see. In other words, like he's spiritually, it's kind of saying, he's spiritually, he's, he's hardly hearing from God anymore. He doesn't recognize immediately when God speaks to Samuel. Just goes, not me, it's not me, it's not me. If he was in tune with God, he would have gone, you know what, that's not me. It must be God speaking to you because we're in the very place where God speaks, so go listen to him. But no, Eli's gone far from God by then. He's barely seeing anymore. He's barely hearing. The word of, the God, of God has become rare in their sight, but the place where God would speak is right where Samuel is. I say this to you, you know, if God ever stops speaking in this church, leave, go, go to another church where he's speaking. Don't hang around in a dead church because you know what will happen to you? You'll die. Go to a place where God is speaking. If God stops speaking to, to Trinity Church, I'll be out the door tomorrow. There's no point hanging around wasting your life in a dead place, is there? That's why I don't tend to frequent cemeteries too often, right? It's not the kind of place, oh, let's go, call my wife, let's go for a wander around the cemetery. It's not the most romantic enticement ever, is it? Why? Because it's not alive. It's just, it's, you know, I mean, sometimes you go there, but I'm just saying in the church, go to a place where God's continually speaking if you want to hear the voice of God. In Revelation, there's that really sobering warning in, in Revelation to the church in Ephesus. 
He says to the church in Ephesus, repent or I will remove my lampstand from you. The lampstand is the light of God. He said, you know, there are times where churches go so far away from me that I take the lampstand away. I take the light of my presence away and when it's gone, it doesn't come back. That place is then spiritually dead. May still be people there, but it's just waiting to die. Go to a place where God is speaking, where God is active, where God is at work, if you want to hear the voice. The second thing you have to do is this. When you get there, you need to be serving. That's what Samuel does. He's not just hanging around the temple. When he's there, he's in a place of service. He's there, and, and his job is he has to keep the lamp burning. Right? In the temple... The lamp had to burn all the time through the night. And his job as the boy was to make sure that that light never went out. So he was there in the Holy of Holies, in the, in the place of where God is. He was there in that inner, inner sanctum, and he was there keeping that light burning. When, when it started to, to burn down and he could see the light starting to burn down a bit, he had to put more oil in. Make sure it keeps burning because it, God commanded them to keep the light burning throughout the night. And it says later on in verse 15, it says he was there. He was also had to open the doors in the morning. That was his job. So when morning came, he would open the doors of the tabernacle to let the other priests come in and to, to do the other ministry that needed to be done. He had jobs to do. And we need to be in places of active service. If you're not serving, and, or if you're serving in your comfort zone, why would, God, why would God need to speak to you? Think of it like this. Last Monday, you know last weekend we had the, uh, the fun day here. So all the staff were working on Saturday, working really hard. So we have Monday off just to relax, recover. Because we had Saturday and Sunday, and we said, well, we need a day of rest. God demanded that, so we have Monday out. So Alex, Alex here had said to me ages ago, you know, I go paddle boarding on the Thames. He'd said, oh, I fancy that. So I said to him, I said, like, Monday, we're both off. Fancy paddle boarding with me. Now, Alex has never done paddle boarding before. Not once. So he went, yeah, let's, let's go. So off we went to the River Thames, paddle boarding. I think it's fair to say Alex was somewhat outside of his comfort zone. So what happens? Well, first we blow the boards up, we get into the River Thames. And then he's going, ooh, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit tippy, this board, isn't it? He goes, what do you mean you stand up on this thing, right? I get on it and I just, boop, on my feet like this now, right? Because I've been... I've done hundreds of miles on a paddleboard. Alex is like, I'm going to fall off this. I'm going to fall off. Right? He's, he's, he's nervous. So what do I do? Do I just stay silent? Say nothing? No. I'm like, okay, Alex, this is what you have to do. This is how you get, this is where, okay, do this first. Get used to this on your knees. Stay on your knees. Like just practice paddling around get used to it on your knees and then when he was used to it on his knees I said now's the time Alex now you've got to stand up he said you're mad 
I said, no, come on, you can do this. And so I started teaching him how to do it and showed him how to do it. And, and he, he took those first tentative steps and the board went, whoa, like this. And he went, but he stayed on the board. And after some coaching and after some training, this is what he looked like. This is the man. Look at him. Smooth as a rock. It's like he's paddling down the motorway. Cool. I was on another paddle taking the video. Look, even changed hands. He's off. There he is. I'm glad you gave him slightly less of a round of applause than you gave Ian and Liz for 60 years. That's good. That wouldn't have been appropriate. Now the thing is, why am I saying this? Because he was outside his comfort zone, I spent the whole day going, telling him what to do. Telling him he's doing great, because he was. You're doing fantastic, Alex. You're really doing good. We paddled, uh, what was it, six miles together, up and back. He did fantastic. Why? Why? And the whole time I'm telling him, the whole time I'm saying, oh, just go into the bank here. Yeah? We, we had the Great Britain women's rowing team zipping by us the whole time. So we were kind of dodging out of their way most of the time. They were just slightly faster than we were. But like, so I was having to look around and say, like, do this and do that and do the other. Like, we're all in the way here. We better go over to the bank. Okay, this, 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 this. The whole time I spent talking to Alex. When you are in a place of ministry, God will speak to you in that same way. When you're outside of your comfort zone because God has called you there, you think God's going to be silent and just let you fail and fall? No. He says, I'm going to speak to you. I, I'm going to keep teaching you. I'm going to keep encouraging you. I'm going to be there right for you. Because cause I love you and, and I adore you and I, and I have you in the palm of my hand and I want what you're doing to be a success and a victory and, and a blessing to so many people. So I'm going to pour my spirit into you and I'm going to keep talking to you the whole time. Now, if we'd have gone to the beach for the day and sat in a couple of deck chairs, do we need to talk? Like we could have plugged ourselves into our music and that would be that. No need to talk. And then we'd come back and go, that was nice. Got a bit of a tan. Nice. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, it's as we go into those areas of ministry, as God calls us to, to stretch out and to reach out and to, to take a risk for Him, that's when you hear His voice. The times in my life where I've said yes to God are the times where He's spoken to me. Because it's then that it becomes real and desperate and you have to hear his voice. Because otherwise you're going to fall in, right? Otherwise you're not going to know what to do. Otherwise you'll never get up on the board because you don't know how to do it. Serve God. Let me ask you today, where are you serving God? Where are you outside of your comfort zone in service? 
where you know he's got to speak to you. Otherwise, you're going to fall. If you stay within your comfort zone or if you, you go, you know what, I, I've been serving my whole life, I don't need to serve anymore. Let someone else do it. I never see that in the pages of Scripture, do you? But if you do that, it's not surprising he's not talking to you. Because what's he got to say? Where are you serving him? It's really important. Third thing that he does is he listens. He hears a voice and he thinks it's Eli, so he goes to Eli because he doesn't yet have relationship with God, but at least he's listening. And we have to be able to tune in to that voice of God. God keeps on saying, doesn't he, over and over again, are we listening? And I love this passage because you know what God does? It says three times God speaks to him. He says, Samuel. And Samuel goes running off to Eli and says, yep. What's the old man want? We mean it's not you. Go lie down. All right. Runs back. Lies down. Don't you realize I've got to get up in the morning? I've got to open the doors. You can sleep in. I can't. You know? Samuel runs again. But what happens? What's different the fourth time? You remember what it said? Three times he hears the voice. The fourth time it says, God comes and stood there. He stands before him. It's like three times he misunderstands. The fourth time God goes, well, I've had enough of this nonsense. I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to stand there and speak. And he goes, Samuel, Samuel. God is, doesn't want a mystery. It's not like an Agatha Christie with God. I think sometimes we think that. There's this big puzzle that we have to sort out. God, God just says, you know what, I'll keep talking until you get it. And if I have to come and stand there for you to get it, I'll come and stand there so that you get it. It's not a big deal for God. I'll do whatever I need to do. You just have to be listening. You have to tune in. He came down and he stands there, verse 10 it says. Because God longs for us not only to hear but to understand. Are we listening? Are we expectant? When you pray, do you pray thinking God's going to answer these prayers? God's going to speak to me? Do you come to church thinking, you know, God, I'm going to hear from you today. I need to hear from you today. I'm coming to hear from you today. I'm coming into your house. I know the house is the place where you speak. I'm going to come and I want to listen to you. And you, I know God's, you can say, well, God, God can speak to me anywhere. Yes, he can. But there is something about going to a place. Why do we come here on Tuesday nights to pray? Because when we gather together, God speaks to us. There's just something that happens when you come into his house that is not the same as when you're at home. When you gather with other brothers and sisters or when you're alone. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I'll speak to you. Are we listening? And then we have to respond. Samuel listened. But there's no point listening unless you respond. So 
Somebody asks you to do something. Have happened to you? You've heard, but you've not responded. What's the result? Say, when you're a kid, it's always go tidy your room, isn't it? You hear it, but you never respond. What happens? I remember when I worked in government, my boss, she once asked me, she said, I got a meeting this evening, I need these files out of the filing to take with me. I got busy. I was halfway home on the train, and I suddenly remembered, <gasps> forgot the files, didn't leave them on a desk. Next morning I went in, she went nuts. Absolutely nuts. She was having a rant. She was quite fiery. She had red hair to go with it, to be honest. And I just put my hand out and I just went, I'm sorry. Because I heard, but I didn't do. I listened, but I didn't respond. Kind of cut her off in her prime. She was right in the middle of rant. And I just went, you're absolutely right. It won't happen again. Sorry. My fault took away her fire. It's like pulling sticks off the fire and then she just calmed down. Everybody else went, how did you survive? I just said, well, I was wrong. Because I heard, but I didn't respond. I didn't do what I said I would do. And As believers, we have to respond when God speaks to us. We need to be in that place where when God speaks... We're in that place where we go, yeah, you know what, Lord? Let's have communication. You speak and I'm going to respond to you. Now for Samuel it was difficult. Why? Because in verse 7 he says there was no relationship. He didn't, he didn't know the word of the Lord yet. Which is why Eli had to point him in the right direction. And Eli said, tell him your servant's listening. And when we respond, we need to obey with integrity. I love this because Eli says to Samuel, say this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What does Samuel say? He says, speak, your servant is listening. What did he miss out? Lord, why? Because he didn't know him. It wasn't my Lord. And Samuel, right at the very outset, answered with integrity. He said, I'm not going to call him Lord when he's not my Lord yet. Speak, your servant's listening, because I am your servant. But I'm not, he's not my Lord. Because he hadn't yet had that encounter, that relationship. That came after God has spoken to him. And then God continued to speak to him and reveal himself to him until God became his Lord and his master and the one that he was going to follow. But we need to have that same kind of integrity as we obey the word of God. And not only did he do that there, he did that in what God told him. God didn't say, go tell Eli I'm going to restore his sight and buy him a Ferrari and a big house and a nice bank account. And the whole of Israel is going to become following him and he's going to live and he's, for next generations. It's bad news, God tells him. 
Go tell Eli that I'm basically going to wipe out his family. Now, if God tells you to tell that to someone, how hesitant are you going to be to kind of go up and go, Hey, I had a word from the Lord last night for you. You know, Spurs are going to choke again this year. You know, even though they're doing well. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's like it's not good news that he has to share. And yet he has the integrity to share it all. When Eli says, don't, don't, don't hide it from me. Don't hide what God says. And Samuel had that terrible crisis moment he must have done where he went like, do I spin this? Well, God's, God's not exactly happy with your family, but, but God is God, and I'm sure everything will work out okay in the end. No, he just tells him whatever God said to him. And Eli said, well, kind of knew, I guess. Obey with integrity. Be yourself. Be honest. Be where you are in your relationship with God. That's what God is asking of you. He's asking you to be who you are. And it's not always easy to do that. It wasn't easy for Samuel. And sometimes it's not easy for us. When we pray that prayer that we prayed last week with the covenant, not my will but yours be done in everything. When there's work for me, when there's not. When I like it, when I dislike it. When it honors me, when it doesn't honor it. When I'm regarded or disregarded. It's like in everything, doesn't matter the outcome. That's obeying with integrity. That's saying, Lord, I just want to obey you. When people think I'm crazy, I'm going to obey you. When other people don't understand, I'm going to obey you anyway. Because I know when you speak, I've heard from you. And the last thing is this. Walk in the Word. Look what happens to Samuel. It says, verse 19, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. He let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, no word that came out of Samuel was wasted. It was all speaking truth from God. And all Israel, from the top, from Dan to Beersheba at the bottom, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord, the mouthpiece of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, where he was. And there he revealed himself to Samuel. How? Through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. You see how it works? When we walk in the word, God will speak to us. But it's not only for our benefit, it's also for the blessing of others. God spoke to Samuel so Samuel could understand and hear the word of God. But Samuel then spoke the word that he heard from God to other people to bless the land of Israel. And that's the way God wants to use you and me. He wants to flow through us. I say it so often. We are not the end of the, the channel. It's not just me and God. God wants to flow through you. He wants you to hear his voice so that his voice can touch and speak into your life so it goes out through you and blesses others. That's how it works. You're not the end. If, if God just speaks to you, it's, it's, it's like a... It, just, it doesn't flow. 
You know one of the reasons why, why I like paddling on the Thames? Because it's flowing. That way if I fall in, I probably won't die and get covered in duckweed. Right? Why? Because it's flowing. It's flowing. And so therefore, it's reasonably clean. I'm not sure I want to swim in it for too long, but it's reasonably clean. If you go, if you go paddling in a little pond somewhere, Somebody said the other day they saw people paddling in, in, the, in the little lake up at Stanmore. I wouldn't paddle there. Bec Ryslip Lido. Because it's polluted. They can't even swim in there. Exactly, because of all the geese and all the other stuff. We were up at Ryslip Lido once, just having a little picnic. There was somebody from Westminster College, I think, doing a photo shoot. And they got this woman to go and lie in, in like outfits along the edge of Ryslip Lido, where the trees are, down the side. We were there eating our sandwiches. She then, they, they did the photo shoot. She came out and she looked down and she had leeches attached to her legs. I'm thinking. I won't tell you what I was thinking. Why? Because it's stagnant. It's not going anywhere. And when God, if God is just speaking to you for you, if God just, if it's just me and God, me and God, me and God, we become stagnant. But when God uses us as a river to flow, he says, my life-giving water will flow through you. Jesus was a river. He was connected to the Father, and the Father and through the Spirit spoke into him, but out of him into others. And so there's a constant stream, a constant flow. And that's what God wants you to do as you walk in the Word. That's what he did for Samuel. Why did Samuel keep hearing? Because he was a river that was flowing. And the more you flow, the bigger your river becomes, and the bigger the Spirit works through you. You want to hear the voice of God? You want to hear it regularly? That's what you need to do. Position yourself where God is speaking. Serve, particularly serve outside of your comfort zone. Serve in things where you need to hear the voice of God speaking to you. Where you can't do it in your own strength and in your own way. And then you listen and you respond and you obey with the integrity that you have and you walk. You continue to walk and you see what God does in your life. You know what? There's no better way to live your life than this. Do you know how exciting it is when God speaks? Do you know how amazing it is when you start receiving answers to prayer? When God is flowing through you, you feel so humble. So like, oh man, I can't believe God would use me. I can't believe he would flow through me that he would use me in this situation to speak to someone else. It's incredible. Ah, oh, thank you, God. I just want to praise you and worship you. You are so amazing. And you know what? In the same way I got to see Alex from wobbly on his knees to standing and paddling like that and leaving me behind. So spiritually, you get to see people do that too. It's beautiful. And he says, I, I want to do that for all of my children. My sheep, that's us, hear my voice. And they follow me.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your voice. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to every single person here, each one of us. We need to hear from you. You know, sometimes we are so, I don't know, we struggle through life. when you want to just can flow through us. You know, we come to you and we say, fix my problems and fix this and fix that. And you're going, oh, I've got other things that are more important. I want to talk to you. I, wanna, I, I, I want you to hear my voice, what I'm saying. I'm listening to you, but I'm not just a genie in a bottle that you rub when you, when you need something fixed. I want relationship with you. I'm your shepherd. I want to lead you to green pastures. I want to fill you with nourishing food. I want to strengthen you and grow you and, and flow through you so you're a blessing to so many others. Father, speak to us, your children, we pray. As David said, don't ever remove your spirit from us. Don't ever remove the vehicle, your Holy Spirit, by which we can hear you. Then we're lost. We're dead, spiritually. Lord, make us alive in Christ. For we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.